Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Becker, And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, have you ever, at any point in your life, worked with your dad in any way? Not professionally. Um, do you mean, like, the classic, like, father-son, like, son, go, 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 here's a, here's a wrench, go wrench this thing. Like that, or whatever. I was meaning like the uh, like I I did this a couple of times where like he worked at a school district and they just needed people to like spend the summer or like two weeks in the summer moving boxes from place to place that sort of thing. He never did anything like that. I don't think so. Um, definitely worked. I definitely did things like that through people that I met through him. Never explicitly with him, though. Um, I remember working at, like, I, like, volunteered at, like, a community community center through some, some of his contacts and the family's contacts uh, when I was in high school. But I don't think I ever, I think I ever worked, 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 worked with the old man or adjacent to the old man outside of the here's a wrench sort of thing. So you never, like, when he became a, a head football coach in the Big Ten conference um, and then like you didn't do your job very well and they tried to like find a place for you to go uh, you know he didn't ever like have to give you a contract that like uh, essentially meant if you don't do a better job the next year on a very like minimal level then like you wouldn't have that job anymore I would happen I would be I would I would I would I would be so lucky to occupy occupy such a space. Oh, okay. Uh well, I mean it, it comes with an uh $850,000 salary, so Exactly. I would be I would be I would be I would be so lucky. <laughs> um but yeah, that's the situation Brian Ferentz has found himself in where uh he, he just kept getting promoted for being his his, his dad's son. Um, and, and here he is now where evidently the NFL doesn't even want him because that, that was kind of the theory. Like he's just going to, after the season, go be an NFL offensive line coach. Uh, and you know, um, that'll allow him to say he wasn't fired and we'll save Kirk Ferentz. Um, it'll save Kirk Ferentz, the, the, the indignity of firing his son and it'll save Gary Barta, the, indignity of um i guess like doing something that Turk doesn't want to happen it, it, it the bottom line is iowa is going to continue to be iowa um even if they keep getting transfers we we should we should we should and shall be so lucky in his position or just as a uh a, a party as, of a people fan of, as, a, as a fan who has a vested interest in iowa losing um we'd all be lucky to uh I think we should all be grateful that Brian Ferentz is is, is sticking around another year. <laughs> the yeah. results have not been have not been great, as you alluded to. Yeah. Um, of course, not that we've seen the Gophers beat Brian Ferentz before. Uh, That's really true. Um, this is an episode that we don't really know where we're going to go with it, which is where we were last week, and we ended up going almost an hour. So. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe this is another Hall of Fame to pick apart. I don't think we do have another Hall of Fame to pick apart. 
Um, but I would bet we can find something to do with ourselves. Uh, the, the first thing I want to bring up is what the Timberwolves did today. Um, they traded for Mike Conley. They got rid of D'Angelo Russell. Um, and I believe just like a draft pick or two. Do you have the details in front of you? I thought I heard. I don't know that we gave away a draft pick. I think I read that we took one. We got one. We got a second rounder back from somebody. Um, I can't imagine. They don't just don't have very many draft picks to give. So I can't imagine there are. I can't imagine we gave any away. Well, just to uh, verify here. So the Timberwolves receive just Mike Conley. The Jazz get Russell Westbrook from the Lakers as well as a top four protected 2027 first round pick, I would expect from the Lakers. Um, and then the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. Lakers really uh, running, running, running back. Wolves, uh, Wolves depth 20, uh, Wolves depth 2021, right? With oh, I, uh, yeah, I, I do have some footnotes pieces here um the wolves will receive the lesser of the two second round picks that memphis that um okay that the jazz have that don't belong to them between washington and memphis as well as 2025 and 2026 second round picks from the jazz um also Juan Toscano, Anderson, Damian Jones, and Nikhil Alexander Walker are going to be wolves um that is those that is remembering some guys i those, remember those names. Guys, yeah um so with you know i i figure all the the smaller pieces are just smaller pieces there's a reason i wasn't aware of them until right now um but you know i just just from the outset as someone who doesn't follow this team very closely but it, i i do understand things are not like going great for the wolves right now they're ninth in the west um well, that's that's that might be overstating it i'd say okay um just you know they, they are in, in kind of a cluster right now where uh Golden State is at 28 and 26 at seven. The Wolves are 29 and 28 at nine. And then if you go down to 12, Portland is 26 and 28. Like there, there's a decent group of teams trying to, you know, get uh, possibly pa- the, the, the playoff system works where like it's uh, seven through 10, like play the first round, right? Exactly, yeah. So, like, theoretically in the running for six, um, but probably not, but not guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. They're they're in this kind of, like, very middling cluster. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's the way I would put the season, middling. They're all right. They've been all right. Lately, they've been better than they were earlier, but they've mostly just been mediocre. But the reason I, I say it's not going as well as they might hope is because, uh, I mean, they, they made a trade in the offseason, obviously, that suggests we're going all in. We're going to kind of take a, a, you know, attempt to make a step to where, like, at the very, you know, like you, you're, you're a middling seat in the West or something. But, you know, with a ceiling of maybe, you know, you take a big swing and now you're one of the top seeds and you have a real chance at 
winning the title, but like that doesn't seem like it's a possibility right now, and no. it doesn't seem like it's a possibility in, in the future. And it feels kind of like going out and getting a 35-year-old Mike Connolly, who I think we all liked Mike Connolly from five to ten years ago, but he's Mike Connolly it's now. Ten years ago. Yeah, like th- this feels a bit like doubling down on a decision. And granted, he did some picks out of it, but like those are second rounders; those don't matter. Um, I don't know if this, this this feels like trying to be marginally better when you're not that good and aren't winning a title to begin with. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I do also. I I would note that from what I've been reading, I think it does save us money and does allow for more cap flexibility. I mean, Conley has a big contract, but it's not as big as Delos. And Conley is, he's, he's, he's an old, he's old. He's like, what, 32, 33, 34, 35 or something. Is he actually 35? He, I'm pretty sure is actually 35, yeah. Well, he's good, though. He is good. I Obviously, 35-year-olds, you know, can you, how long can you bank on him being good for? I don't know. Um, but he's still good. I don't think he's a step down necessarily, although Devo has been shooting well this year, which is why. Um, you can probably get anything in, in return for D'Lo. The reason he could they could facilitate this trade like this was because D'Lo has been playing pretty well, especially the last couple months here. So, um, yeah, it's a, I think it's a different he's a different type of player than Conley. Conley is more your your prototypical four general, you know, very efficient pass first. He's a capable scorer even even now, but he is. Uh, at his best when he's facilitating. He's a good defender too. And I think one thing I read that, you know, might be of interest is that he also had lots of chemistry with Rudy Gobert, which um, you say doubling down. That's where I think, you know, I, I, hear, I reckon here where I can see something like that, where, you know, um, you only ever Gobert has really only ever been successful offensively with, with, with Conley. So if you get a guy who has continuity, who knows his strengths, knows how to use him, Rather than a guy like D'Lo, who is a good shooter, you know, a pretty good, so better scorer, uh, but maybe not the same level facilitator for general type thing. In addition to that, too, I think that, you know, from a personality standpoint, I think Conley is like notoriously like really like like you said, we, we all like him. He's a great dude. Right. Like, I mean, I hate to say like locker room guy, but he's really always given that off. He's always been a leader. You know, he's, he's been a veteran leader since before he was even a veteran. You know, he was a veteran leader on that Ohio State team 15 years ago or 16 years ago now or whatever. Um, you know, and he's just a freshman. I mean, I I, I think, I don't know. I, I see a little, little bit of upside here. Again, I'm, I'm maybe, maybe I'm just trying to, maybe I'm just trying to make lemonade. I don't know. Um, but also, you do also save some money in the short and the long run. It gives you a little more cap flexibility, which in theory helps you make more moves down the line. Maybe, I mean, you know, the the, the question right now is like, what do you do with, how do you handle the Nas Reed situation? How do you handle the, um, how do you handle the, you know, the Jalen Noel situation to a lesser extent? You know, these talented players, the Noel has dropped off in the last several weeks to months. You know, I mean, like Nas is a super, super talented player, but it's like, what do you do with him? You know, does this maybe create some cap space where you can keep Nas or keep him long enough to to trade him somewhere or and get, you know, get value for him? Or even, you know, I mean, or, I mean you're not probably not going to trade Cat, but, 
you know, I mean, just 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 it gives you more more a little more cap flexibility, um, you know, with some of those other players, some of those other players in mind, some of those other key pieces. I think it'll be really interesting to see what they do do with Nas um, because he's been just balling out and he's a really good player. He's really big. He's really skilled. He's just really, really good. And, uh, you know, he's coming up on the end of that deal and it's going to be interesting to see how they how they approach that if they find a way to try to bring him back or utilize him or is it just like you just have two too high priced you know big men that you don't have room for him so those are questions but theoretically trading for Conley makes those questions more gives you more flexibility from what I understand as far as approaching the this offseason and next offseason so just to um, I mean in general take stock like um, how, how are you feeling overall about like the the Gobert situation? Because it seems like a lot of the conversation around um, his performance this year has been kind of disappointment. Yeah, I I don't think you can look at the team and think it's and not be disappointed. I mean, given the expectations you had going into the season, given his pedigree, you know, he has been very good on. Um, on defense, you know, he just kind of is. Um, but he hasn't been as much of a presence as you probably hoped. Um, meanwhile, it doesn't help to look over and see, you know, Walker Kessler uh, and Vando and Beasley and what they've all done this year for much, much less money and, and assets um, and feel like, man, we doesn't feel like we're winning that trade. And then again, the Jazz has moved a bunch of those pieces for, <laughs> for Russ, so you know, make of that what you will. But, but uh, yeah, it's hard not to look at the season as a disappointment. It's hard to feel good, I'd say, about the Rudy situation. Again, he's been okay, but, you know, you really, you, you really gave up a lot of assets for okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it was a, a lot. Um, and that's, that's kind of one of the, the risks you run is um, at this point, if the ceiling for for this team with Connolly and maybe a free agent signing in the summer, which might you know, like you say, just be re-signing Nas Reed, then like you know, the, the ceiling could just be a, a mid seed in the West, and that's not gonna win you a title. So like, what's the mm-hmm. um, like what the 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 route, unfortunately, when you're middling is is sometimes you gotta blow it up, but no one really wants to do that right now, especially since you know being a playoff team and Wolves' history is often pretty good. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know what what are you feeling in a long term sense. In a long term sense, I feel good about Anthony Edwards. <laughs> you know. That's a good starting point. Yeah. Been he's been great. Uh, you know, he, the, the start of the year, I think he wasn't quite, you didn't quite have the same energy as you maybe felt from him as, as you did at the end of last year, but he's built, he's built and he's really evolved into a great, really, really, really great player. And, you know, anything else, how do I feel about it long-term? I, I, yeah, I feel I feel mixed, right? I mean, I I, I I don't think I need this team to be a championship team, like, for my psyche. Like, 
I, I, I do all I, I am almost OK with a perennial two or three, two or three or four seed because it has just been that bad. And I recognize that that is such a step up from where where things were before. Uh, but as far as, you know, building it, build, building even to that. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see when Cat comes back, what that does, if that can elevate the team, if they can reintegrate him in a way that's you know, really positive and productive. Because um, I think that is that is what maybe, I mean, even without him for so long, for like two, three months at this point, you, you wonder if that can be an element that re- re-raises their ceiling to something other than middling. You know what I mean? Because even when we've been good this year, um, you know, there, there's still there's still another step that you need to take, and there, there's 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 and then the frustrating thing with the, any mediocre team, it's like the Vikings so many years, right? Where where you're just you're good, but you're just not good enough. You still you know you still like have weird games against the Rockets, you know what I mean, or the Pistons, or or you know you lose you lose a game you shouldn't, or you you play down, you know. But sometimes you go you beat the Warriors in overtime, right? Like you did last week. And it's just it's just a mediocre team. Um, and I, I hope Kat, I'm, I'm hoping that Cat coming back can reignite some of the spark around the team and around, around the franchise and, and really get that back to feeling like maybe we do have a ceiling here that is higher than the sixth seed in the West. You know what I mean? I mean, because if you're I mean, if you're I mean, I, I would say I guess what I said before about even be a perennial two, three or four. I mean, that's that's generous, right? You can argue philosophically about that, but you can't argue philosophically that that is superior to being six, seven, eight, nine. You know what I mean? I mean, they they don't make the playoffs this year. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. That's gonna that's gonna be tough. And if they're if this is the level that they peak out at over the next few years, then at some point you're gonna have to ask ask and answer you know really hard questions about the team and the direction of the team. And like you said, is it something that you blow up? How how do you bring guys in? How do you how do you again? It's always how do you raise that ceiling? How do you raise your and the floor too? But how do, how do you win more games? You know how do you build how do you build a contender? This is an attempt at a step at the very least, but I'm skeptical just looking at the current situation. Uh, tis tis if Anthony Edwards takes another step, how much better could he be? You know, because he's already really really good, uh, and that's kind of the only source of potential improvement well uh, if if cat comes back though <laughs> well yeah know. i mean obviously getting him back would be good but like in, in terms of like long-term yeah. sort of thinking like uh cat's been around long enough to you know he, he kind of is what it is which which is a great player in my opinion but yeah he's not like uh he's, he's not getting younger uh just a, a quick neither footnote is, neither is gobert <laughs> No, certainly not. And I, I would feel worse about Gobert because, you know, you can speak a little better to this, but like, uh, you know, Cat is a, a very good shooter. That's kind of his whole deal. Yeah. He's an all-around player, and, and Gobert, his, his biggest strength is his ability at the rim, and I would imagine that would be much more of a problem as you get older. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a quick footnote. Um, I, I got Ron the sort of ancillary parts of this trade, the spare part that's coming to Minnesota along with Conley in those second round picks. That is just Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, who I looked up in UConn, right? He actually went to Virginia Tech. Oh, maybe I remember him. Maybe I don't. I might be thinking of somebody else. Well, we can just 
uh, let's see. Yeah, only Virginia Tech did not transfer there from UConn. First, he was a 17th pick in the 2019 draft, cousin of Shai Gilgis Alexander. Um, and this year, he has not really done a whole lot. He is shooting better from three-point range than he has in the past. Uh, but that is uh, 87 shots. That's sort of a smaller sample size. But uh, for his career, he's about 34%. And his free throw percentage is pretty okay. So uh, just looking at things he's good at statistically seems kind of like a body. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Won't won't kill you out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we got, you know, it's always good good to have some of those bodies, I guess. <laughs> I don't have anything more to say about that. Well, um, he plays like Shy cuz Shy is really really good. It'd be nice. You see, I uh, I'm, I'm in a bad way where um where and, and because I've been so distant from the league for so long, like I've been getting him and Michael Kidd and Gilchrist confused all these years. Well, you, you, that is that is a sign you have not watched either of them play basketball in the last five years. Yeah, well, I I know that one of them is is a bust and the other one, you know, is is good. Uh, and so the the question with Gilchrist Alexander is always, is he is he the bad one? Was was he formerly bad? You know, uh, but anyway. That's that's my input on NBA talk. Um, just trying to kind of vamp for another 15 minutes or so. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I do want to actually mention briefly just the whole situation with the Mavericks, um, where, like, I, I haven't been a Mavs fan for a few years now um, because – just a variety of reasons, just general lack of interest in the league compared to when I was in high school and had time for every sport. Um, things that the league has done to kind of push me away, whether that's in play style or the management of the league or whatever. Uh, but then also like the Mavericks organization, along with every other sports organization in DFW, has to varying degrees shown off that it's run by pretty crappy people, whether that was the um, Tredema Ursary situation, the, uh, I don't remember the writer for Mavs.com who was a domestic abuser, but just sort of fostering this environment of um, harboring men who hurt women. And then, you know, trading for Chris Dabbs Porzingis, who, turned out to have a rape accusation against him then hiring jason kidd who has a litany of uh bad things in his past including um multiple domestic violence incidents and then you go out and you trade for Kyrie irving um who is uh you know a lot of people who get accused of anti-semitism in this country are not anti-Semites. They just don't like the bad things that the state of Israel has done. Uh, But Kyrie Irving is a legit anti-Semite. He is an anti-intellectual idiot. He is a flat earther. He does, it it borders, when when he was younger, you could kind of say it's just the whole sort of edgy teen thing he's doing. But like at this point, he's... The edgy teen thing he was doing when he was 23. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which, you know, we've all known... 
Mm-hmm. We've all known a guy. Um, but at this point, it's kept going, and it's gotten worse. And he's just not a good person <laughs> at this point, we can say. Um, and, yeah, that's just... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of grossed out by the number of bad people that Mark Cuban has allowed to be around the Mavericks and then invited into the Mavericks because um, obviously Jason Kidd was on that title winning team and we knew everything then. But I mean, the the thing about Dirk and Jason Terry and Rick Carlisle and a lot of the guys that have gone through that team, such as Dorian Finney-Smith, who they just traded, and I understand Spencer Dinwiddie is, is kind of in the same breeze. It's like, it's it's there have been a lot of really great guys who have been on the Mavericks, and that was always something that I could say about you know my favorite athlete of all time is not only is he one of the best players to ever play basketball and is still somewhat underrated, even if people do understand his importance in history, um, but he's a, a legitimately great person who uh, you know doesn't doesn't do these things, and also like in the case of Kyrie. It's even worse because you go and get a bad person that carries all sorts of risks that have been demonstrated over and over and over again to where it's not as much a risk so much as an eventuality that he's going to do something to screw up either your team dynamic or he's going to sit out or he's going to create some controversy by being a bad person. Um, the, 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 the cost isn't there um, for what you're probably, you know, sacrificing from your own morality so um but he knows how to put a ball in the basket Kyrie is what we call a chaos agent chaos agent extraordinaire (laughs) where he goes chaos follows and it's usually self-inflicted so yeah I don't I don't know that I have anything really to add other than I don't know you know I used to Kyrie there have been a few moments where he said things where I'm like, oh, you know, there's there's potential there. You know, I remember a few years ago even when um, I, there was a – I believe there was – I think it was when the the, 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 the murders in uh, – was it Kenosha? What was it? Um, and, you know, the man – there was a man, I believe, murdered by police, right? I'm forgetting the name, and I apologize for that. But, um, you know, and he was really – spoke up about that and said, this is bad. And I was like, oh, Kyrie, maybe you're turning a corner. Maybe maybe you are becoming the leader that everybody wants and needs you to be, you know, the vo- a voice that you've always wanted to be. And maybe you're growing into that. But then he always, he always, always comes back with, I don't know, this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, you know, there's always something else. And this year, this, I mean, the stuff he said and did, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not good. And, I think what what many people have said, I am far from the first to say this. You know, he he's he's an ego, right? I mean, above all, he's just he's just in it for himself. You know, he's not he doesn't he's not he's not a put the he's not a leader. He's not a put the team on my back and you know go win a championship. You know, he, he's just he's just he's just weird in his in his head and and he's not I don't know. He's a chaos agent, and he he's so he's so he's, he has sowed chaos in several several cities and organizations, and you know beyond that. So yeah, that that's what I, that's how I feel about Kyrie Irving. It's very similar, to, I think, to how you what you just expressed. Yeah, and again, I'm not I'm not a fan of the team anymore. I haven't been for a few years, but it was a team that 
mattered to me as much as any sports team. And um, just, you know, to our legions of followers, uh, just needed to express my um, my discomfort and uh, my my chagrin, I guess, with this situation because it's it, it's gross. I don't I don't like it when when the people who represent the place I'm from um, on a sports level or a political level or any other level um, when they suck. I don't like that. Yeah, fair enough. I'm glad you didn't come to my organization. I'll say that I was. I don't think it was ever rumored, but I thought about. It. I was like, what would I do if Kyrie came to the? It wasn't quite the level of like the Deshaun Watson, where it's like, well, this is just the end. Deshaun, if they sign Deshaun Watson, like that's that's just poof, it's over. I don't know if that's how it would be with Kyrie, but it wouldn't be good. Say that. He- yeah, Deshaun Watson would absolutely be cutting the cord, and we'll see whenever he's gone, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie, you know, I'm not going to fault anyone for walking away over Kyrie, um, especially if they're Jewish, but I don't I don't think that he's a several ties thing, unless it's just a last straw, because, again, it's not like the Mavs organization the last... 10 years or so has had a, a sterling record in terms of associating with the, uh, in terms of bringing in people that, you know, you want to be associated with. Um, just trying to off the cuff, come up with any sort of topic um, to, uh, to close this thing out. Um, is there anything that has been on your mind in music or sports? You know, not really. I, I did I did I did see Humphreys McGee twice this weekend. And talk about that for th- three minutes. That was uh, that was great. Humphreys uh, is the the the. You know, it's funny because they're in the jam band world and they are definitely a jam band, but there aren't any jam bands that play as dark and heavy as they do. And it's a really nice. It's a really nice compliment to the rest of that scene because those other bands i love them but you know it's like sometimes it's like this is a little little too flower power you know what i mean like it's a little little wimp you know what i mean but umphrase is there to just you know they they, you know they they closed with uh or they didn't close they saturday they they finished with one of their own songs but the encore you know they play ozzy no more tears you know like they're they're here they're here they're here to get heavy they're they, you know they're they're here to get heavy they're here to play some ball busting riffs you know to uh inject some uh i don't know some testosterone into the mix some uh some some big some big 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 riffs big energy um and that was i don't know i don't have anything more to say about it it was just great so i saw that just bought my first tickets to a festival uh, in uh, Eau Claire, where is it? In River Falls, the River Falls Brews Bourbon and Bluegrass Festival. So that's going to be real. It's going to be real good. We got Armchair Boogie on the bill. We got The Last Revel on the bill. We got Chicken Wire Empire on the bill. <laughs> so that's going to be very, very much, very much looking forward to getting out and uh, seeing some stuff and on top of the other stuff. Have we talked about the Foo Fighters playing Milwaukee yet? I don't think we have. We we haven't. I don't know how much we've talked about like them 
coming back in general. Uh, yeah. You know, we obviously when the tribute show happened, I gave my thoughts. I don't know if it was just Aaron or if it was here or both. Um, and when we talked about Taylor Hawkins dying, we talked about the Foo Fighters. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's it's kind of. I mean, it's neat that they're coming back, I guess. Um, it does feel like the type of move they would do, I guess. You know, you never know how these things are going to be handled, and it's up to the people involved to figure out how to handle them. Um, but, you know, it would feel within the Foo Fighters spirit to say a year and a half later, we're going to be doing like a half a dozen festivals, yeah. <laughs> uh, which they're doing. Um and uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out who the new drummer is, right? Yeah, I we don't we still don't know who it is. I I'm really stoked to hear about it. Um, I just I, I you know R I R I P Taylor, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they sort of honor him. You know, I mean, I think it is like as much as Taylor was quintessential to the Foo Fighters spirit. I feel like the Foo Fighters spirit is like, is just like the preservation longevity of rock and roll. You know what I mean? And with that in mind, it makes sense that they are going to persevere and, you know, do something else. I don't see it as like, you know, a cheap, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I probably don't, don't, don't need the money or anything, right? Or, you know, just a cheap, you know, we got to get back out there. You know, like I, 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 I trust all involved that this is a considered you know, thing that is in the, in, in the spirit of Taylor and the spirit of the band. It's probably some cliche thing about, like, this is what Taylor would have wanted, you know. But, yeah, I'm excited to see it. And I, I hope, I don't know, maybe maybe the show in Milwaukee, uh, if, if you're, I don't know if you're in town or, or what, but uh might be a thing to uh, get, get out to. Or if they come here, because they're seemingly just playing everywhere right now. You know, uh the the what, whatever festival they're doing in Milwaukee or is it just like a standalone show? It is a it is a Harley Davidson Harley Davidson fifty year hundred year anniversary thing or something. And I don't know I don't know the venue. Um, it's called the Harley Davidson Homecoming. Um, I don't even this might be a limited ticket thing. I don't know. Um, but they have one-day tickets available right now. It's on a Saturday. Let me see who else is playing. I think it was a pretty good lineup. Yeah, it's uh, so it's White Reaper, Joan Jett, Cody Jinx, who's a great country singer, and and the Foo Fighters. Um, so yeah, it's a good it's it's a good good lineup in my opinion. And then Green Day's headline the other night with Social Distortion and Fanagram for some reason. But um, yeah, so. I don't know. Might go. I don't know. We'll see. Well, um, I believe I might be in Texas for that, but um, you know, we'll we'll see. And uh, Veterans Park, that's the the space right by Lake Michigan, right? I don't know. I don't know. Because there's the Summerfest grounds are right by Lake Michigan too. And it's not there, seemingly. Uh, Veterans Park, Milwaukee. Yeah, okay, I've, I've been here. Yeah, the, the the one spot of Milwaukee I've been out and about in is, is Veterans Park. They got a statue of uh, Douglas MacArthur. They got 
the boats. Yeah. We got those little swan boats that you can pedal, and they have the. Oh, I have been there. Yeah, I have been there. Yeah, it was a fine enough place. Yeah, you know, that's what it is. But night, nice in the summer, the lake. I, I bet it would be. I, I, I mean, I, I was there. It was nice. Uh, so I don't know why I said, but it would be. But anyway, um, well, this coming week I'll be seeing Big Thief hopefully twice in a week. Got to figure out. Um, how to navigate transportation to Deep Ellum because you know um, it's it's kind of a weird situation going to a concert alone that is all the way down there on Super Bowl Sunday with the public transit situation and DFW not being the most robust but also not wanting to really drive that much when you know it's probably a good night for drunk drivers yeah um, so well, I, I'm I'm like 80% sure I'll get to do that, but I know I'll get to see him in Austin and eat some meat and uh, maybe have some kolaches on my way back up because I uh, haven't ever done that. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. Have I, have I explained the kolache before? I'm not sure. Poss- probably, possibly. It's like a pastry. Um, you, you can get them at like Czech places in Texas. To Central Texas has a Czech sort of population specifically the town of west comma texas um has a couple stops that you can go and get some kolaches but they're like little cinnamon roll shaped pastries mm. um not they don't have the the swirl thing when you pull off a strip or whatever it's just like they're kind of in that general shape and size but in the center is like some fruit or some sugar or whatever usually fruit i think and uh you know, just doused with some powdered sugar, or maybe just regular sugar. I don't know. I haven't had one. I've got, uh, I've got a Texas cookbook that has a kolache recipe that I've been meaning to try but never done. And you know, we'll we'll get some kolaches, I guess, and um, enjoy Austin properly for the first time. Nice, nice. Let me know how it is. People love it. Yeah, I mean, I I was there in high school for a few days, but you don't really get to experience a place when uh, when you're on a high school trip, do you? You do not, no. Correct. So, looking forward to that. So, we will not be recording next week. Going to take a week off. And um, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Is there anything uh, you need to mention before we get out of here? Uh, No, looking forward to March Madness. Looking forward to, uh, you know, festival season. Looking forward to NBA playoffs. Well, talk to you again soon.